At Cool Air Products, we developed AC Smart Seal Quick Shot with professionals in mind. It's the only product on the market that's three in one with sealant, lubricant, and UV dye all in a single application. It's non-toxic, non-flammable, 100% safe to the touch, eco-friendly, and compatible with all refrigerants. It's a safe solution option, backed by years of R&D, Intertech tested, and has sealed millions of leaks. AC Smart Seal, the professional's choice. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the HVAC Know-It-All podcast. I'm actually on the roof right now. It's a little damp, but it's not too bad out here. I did a couple of things today. I got an ignition module changed out. I got a little exhaust fan motor done. I got some paperwork all finished up to end off the week. So everything's rolling along smoothly. So this podcast, we have a very captivating story coming up for you guys. We're going to speak to Neville Milchevich. Okay, Neville is going to tell a story. It's incredible. I'll set it up for you a little bit right now. Just so you know, he's an HVAC tech now. Okay. And he's been an HVAC tech. He's been in the field for about a year and a half. But as a child, he escaped from Croatia during a civil war. He's seen some things that not many of us would ever want to see. Trust me on that as you listen to the story. But the whole purpose of him telling the story is that just because you were, some, you were somewhere prior doesn't mean you can't get somewhere where you want to go, where you want to be. There's always a positive road to take. So Neville's going to tell a story, and it's an incredible one. So guys, listen up, pay attention. This is the HVAC Know-It-All Podcast. I'm your host, Gary McCready. Guys, before we get to Neville, I just want to let you know that there's some internet problems we were having during the conversation. So, I mean, it's it's loud and clear, but sometimes you, you can hear a little breakup here and there just because the internet signal was dropping in and out on both of our ends. But, I mean, the internet is one of those things, man. You can't, just, you can't just grab it and shove it into your computer. It is what it is, especially when you're wireless. Anyway, guys, enjoy the interview. Neville, what's up, man? Hey, how's it going, Gary? I'm good. I'm good. Um, to be honest with you, for dinner, uh, I had a couple of glasses of wine, so I'm feeling like really um, warm and cozy at the moment. <laughs> oh, that is, is, are you sure that's the one? It's not the sound of my voice? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you must be good with the women, eh? <laughs> a little, little bit, a little bit. <laughs> Once or twice, I got lucky. Yeah, cool, man. So uh, how was your date today? um frightening it was, it was frightening um on a on an install that i have you ever been on an install where, where they crimped the suction line on on a heat recovery and and turned a heat recovery into a heat pump um no never <laughs> never seen yeah, that yeah come to new york man new york is a <laughs> lot of fun uh, I could imagine it would be. Yeah, I've talked to which area of New York are you in? Um, well, we do service uh, in the five boroughs, so Brooklyn, oh, okay, cool. Queens, Bronx. You know. Yeah. Okay. And, so I've I've talked to um, uh, Mike from um, he, he's he's from New York and he services the the five boroughs. I'm sure Mike has a lot of stories. Did you Did you not hear that podcast? 
I, I actually did not, no. Um, I was listening to, to Jamie's thing, uh, you know, constantly. Um, and, and I really, really like Jamie a lot. And, uh, you know, recently he had, you know, some troubles, but, um, I think like one of the coolest people that, that you did an interview with was, was Jamie. Cool, man. Well, listen, listen to the one with Mike Clark, because, uh, that, that is, that is, uh, <laughs> Mike is a very entertaining guy. So you got to listen to that one. He tells some, some really awesome stories about, uh, coming up as a tech in New York and servicing, I believe he said he serviced the five boroughs as well. I think I might be wrong on that. So don't quote me, but he, he's definitely, um, in New York and you can see him on, in his Instagram and stuff. He's like downtown, like Manhattan working on stuff. So I'm going to look into it because, uh, I, I love hearing the, uh, the old timers from here. Um, New York is still a pretty wild place. But uh, like if, if you worked in, in, you know, eighties and nineties, there's definitely some stories. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. Oh man. I'm sure. I'm sure there is, man. I'm there's sure, definitely yeah, and, some stories. And, and follow, like, follow, oh. follow, uh, Mike, Mike, it's it, Mike Clark on, on Instagram. It's, uh, Mike Clark HVAC. So follow him there and then you can go back and the podcast was geez, man. It was like a year ago, at least probably. But um, yeah, it was a really entertaining podcast. I, I enjoyed speaking to Mike and I'm sure you'd, you'd enjoy listening to him. It's always cool to, uh, you know, c connect with people. And, and um, I don't really have a lot of people to, uh, you know, in, in, I don't know how to say it. Um, I've been kind of closed off, man. So I don't have a lot of, uh, you know, HVAC uh, friends in, in real life. Most of them are on, on Instagram. And I think Instagram is kind of like, the coolest place for that you know what i mean yeah no i agree with you i don't have i don't have any friends that are in the trade except for my coworkers and the people online uh, and and like you go to a party you don't really come across many other i don't know i've never come across really any hvac techs when i go to a party so when you're talking about your job at parties like people don't really understand a lot of what you're talking about so no, oh my god Dude, but i'm so you glad meet, you said that when you when you finally so meet when you finally meet like an hvac tech at a party you're like instantly best friends you're like oh yeah let's go to corner and talk shop right yeah yeah absolutely man because it, it it's very um i don't know why but i guess kind of that's that's why we're here right like it's so lonely like there there's just not a lot of us out there we we talked on uh through messaging there a couple of weeks ago and you had like a really cool story. And, and I put out that post about if anybody has a story, I mean, this is what the podcast is for. It's to put you guys on, on your soapbox and, and let you, let you speak to the audience and, and tell your story. I mean, in a way it's almost like therapy as well, because when I talk about stuff that's going on in my life and how I came here and, and all this stuff, I feel like I feel better after it's just, you just get stuff off your chest. So, I mean, that's why we're here, man. So, and you, you have an incredible story. And first of all, I commend you for telling it because it's, it's gotta be hard to talk about, right? Uh, you know, to be really honest, uh, not really. No, uh, no, it's, it's not really that hard. It's, it's just, I don't know how to explain it, man. It's just something that, that happens. And, and, um, uh, I think a lot of people don't know, or, uh, you know, you don't, you don't think about it on the regular, you know what I mean? 
Yeah. And so, it, it, like, you hear, you know, difficult stories, and it's like, oh, man, that really sucks. But a lot of people don't know what else is out there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And yeah. so, it, you know, I, I was a little kid, so the, the whole thing is, you know, I was, a, I was a child, and I don't know how I managed to deal with it other than um, through, through dark humor. Right. Like it's just part of it. And then also um, you just kind of it, it, you just kind of take it as as it is like the, 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 this is what happened and there's nothing you can do about it. And that's it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and I think the whole point of this is to say, listen, people go through things, but there's no reason why you can't get through them and become successful on the other side of it. Right. That's, that's the whole point Dude, of all uh, this. That, yeah, that was, that was initially the reason, um, you know, when I saw the post, um, I, I wanted to, to just say something um, and, and maybe have a, a bigger platform, you know, someone like yourself um, and maybe help someone out and, and maybe encourage someone to take the plunge. Yep. Okay, man. So, I mean, tell it, tell it how, tell us how it went down. Like what, what led you to this point? Um, I, I really, to be really honest, I don't know um, what led me to this point, but. Well, I mean, you, you, the the message you wrote me kind of explains it. You summarized it up really well, but I'm sure there's, there's a little bit more to it. So, I mean, you started off being nine years old in Croatia. That's how you started Correct. off the message for, for me. So tell it from there, as, as you told so, to me in the message. Um, all right. So most listeners won't um, know about it, or most, most listeners won't even believe it. But um, Croatia was going um, from 1990, um, I would say, to about 1996. They were going through a civil war. And um, the civil war that was happening over there is nothing like any war that happened here in America, because here in America, you, you, you don't have a war um, on your street. Like you don't see bodies, you don't see people drop, you don't see, and this is like on a daily basis, you, you don't have instances, I mean, other than like the blackout, but you don't have instances where you live without electricity, water, food for five, six years at a time. Mm-hmm. So in 1990, the war started. Um, I was uh, I was born 1986, so the war started in 1990. That's four years old. I couldn't tell you what the war was about. To this day, I don't, you know, I don't know what the war was about. But anyway, um, we kind of got stuck. Me and my family. Um, a lot of cousins and 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 uncles and and aunts were killed during the war. Um, and so we were trying really desperately to come to America because my father was here in 1986, um, working for like six months. Right. Um, so he had, he, he'd made some friends here. And, um, so he made contact with those friends and they essentially said, Hey, look, if you can figure out a way out of there we can send, um, you know, paperwork or it's something called like a guarantee. So essentially these people put up their, their houses and and their bank accounts and and all assets that they had in order to bring us here as war refugees. And they put this up 
um, with the government essentially like guaranteeing that we won't become criminals, right? That's, that's the way that we, you know, came into the country. So upon trying to leave Croatia, um, we actually crawled through, I think it was um, something like 40 miles of sewage. Um, and yeah, it was me and my mom. And, and um, I remember that very clearly. Um, and we crawled through, through literally crap, like human crap. <laughs> Jesus. And um, yeah, and then um, so we came out on the other end of that pipeline and um, the people who, you know, started the war essentially um, were waiting for us there. Um, so they raped my sister and they killed her. And um, I, 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 to this day, I don't know why that happened. Um, she was, I think, 17 or 18 at the time. And then they just raped my mother and I was there to watch the whole thing. Jesus. And yeah. <laughs> Um, and so afterwards, um, we got out, uh, they kind of just threw her out and we were in the woods. Um, I'm not sure how we managed to get on some sort of bus and we ended up in a, in a city. Um, my mother after that was like catatonic and, and I don't know if anybody knows this, but Catatonic is essentially like when, when you're awake, but there's no response yeah, that's of right. any kind. Yeah. Um, so she was catatonic for like a year after that. So um, I'm a kid. My father was left behind and my mother's catatonic. <laughs> and so long story short, my father um, managed to get out of Croatia as well. Um, and then he spoke to his friend that was here in, in New York. Um, the guy essentially sent for us. We came here and the guy said, hey, listen, um, you know, my wife has a big problem with you guys living with us. So you guys can't live with us. And we were out on the fucking street. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, no, the, no, no, the... <laughs> no, 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 it's fine. So we, it's fine. <laughs> we were out, we ended up in, um, I don't know if, if a lot of listeners would know, but we ended up in Brooklyn in East New York. Um, by picket projects and we essentially lived on on the streets for about a year year and a half until my father managed to come to to the u.s um so as a kid so can, um, can i ask you a question how yeah how were you like your father was overseas and you were in the states right correct yeah so how how are you, if, if you didn't have a place to live how are you communicating with your father like how did that happen we didn't Oh, okay. There was no, there was no communication. So my father was, um, you know how like people say like uh, their dad is a superhero. Yeah. My father was a legitimate freaking superhero. So his idea was he was going to come to New York. Right. And, um, we never, I don't know how to say it. Like we never made contact with him. We never, he found us. I don't know if that sounds believable. I don't know if that sounds unbelievable. But when he found me and my mom, and, and when I asked him, like, this was uh, end of 96, beginning of 97, right? Mm -hmm. So when he finally found us, I was like, how 
how would you know where we are or how did you know where we where we were at and he had a really like stupid simple answer and he said i was gonna walk every day all over new york until i found you that was the answer so something that i realized today actually and i made a post about it put it on linkedin probably put it around everywhere else eventually as well i've had my testo 557 digital manifolds for almost three years now and they've been nothing but stellar to me i soaked them in water with a hose they they still worked they're still on the same batteries from when i got them i know i use the hvac six cents a lot but when i pull them out the batteries are still good for that period of time so people that are scared of the batteries failing on digital manifolds I mean, it's not going to happen too often on the Testo 557 in my experience, okay? It's been an incredible, durable manifold set, superheat subcooling on the same screen, easy to set up, easy to read, tons of refrigerants inside. Anyway, so if you guys are looking to go digital, the Testo digital manifolds are, trust me, the place to go, in my opinion. Stay tuned, guys, because Navac is coming out with their new recovery machine and, of course, their upgraded 4CFM battery-powered vacuum pump. Those are coming out. They'll probably be at the shows, the, a the AHR, and they'll probably be on display at the C CMPX show in Toronto as well, which I'll be there in Toronto. We'll be hooking up with Andrew at the Navac booth. It looks like we have a schedule in place. Andrew doesn't know this yet, but I've been communicating with... Stephen Rutherford from NAVAC. It looks like we're going to be hooking up at 1 p.m. at the NAVAC booth Wednesday, Thursday, Friday at the CMPX show in Toronto. Anyway, guys, Yellow Jacket. I have a few giveaways from Yellow Jacket. One being a tube bender, one being a cutter. Now, the cutter seems pretty popular because a lot of people are saying, I want that cutter. Now, Yellow Jacket does make some really solid refrigerant piping tools. And the mini cutter that I have to give away is a really solid tool, guys, 100%. The other thing, get your freak on, guys, with XOI Technologies and the way they're using their platform to capture job site content so you can look more transparent to your customer and generate more work with that content and that transparency. There's a landing page, guys, that I'm going to leave in the podcast notes for you guys to check out. 30 days free trial plus $500 cash reward when you sign up. This segment of the podcast is brought to you by Harago, a trades-only platform helping you find the right job or the right candidate. Harago.com, best in trade. Well, you, you know, it's very believable to me because I'll tell you right now, if my Dude, family, I'm saying it and I don't believe it. <laughs> yeah, but if crazy, if my man. if if my family was in another country, and I knew what city they were in, I would find them. I know I would. I would. I wouldn't. You would, I wouldn't. Because I wouldn't you would stop. walk day and night. Stop. That's what he said. Yeah. He said yeah. it's a simple plan. I'll walk day and night. I won't eat. I won't sleep. I won't. I won't do anything other than walk street to street, you know, block to block, avenue to avenue. And one day, there's no way that I'm not going to be able to find you. One day, I'm going to find you. Yeah. And, and he freaking did. 
So, was, so, so how did like how did that meeting like where were you when he found you like that like we set were that sleeping up we were sleeping on on um you know the the benches um, I don't know if you're familiar with New York but not really um, no I've never like, been there you don't want to come <laughs> <laughs> it's horrible dude um but it, so essentially like all the project houses right it's like low income section eight. Um, they have like these little kid parks and like benches where like, you know, people can come downstairs from the building and just kind of hang out. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And so we used to sleep on that because we didn't know about homeless shelters. We didn't know, dude, I ate expired dog food. I, I tell that story to people and people are like, that's gross. Like, why would you do that? It's like, because they, I, we didn't speak a lick of English, nothing, like nothing. People can't understand absolutely nothing. We couldn't say hello. You get what I'm saying? Like it was yeah, bad. no, yeah, I, I, that, 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 that's not, it's inimaginable to me to, to, to go through that. I've, I mean, there's, there's the majority of the people listening to this probably have never gone through anything like that, but there's probably a small number that's gone through some terrible things. I mean, but this is, this is pretty extreme, man. Uh, it's, it was, um, it was interesting. I'll tell you that. I would say, yeah. It was so, an interesting like, childhood. So after know? your father found you, like, you must've been like, what that, like, you know what I mean? It must've been this crazy, um, meetup or crazy, like, uh, reconnect. Like how, how did, how did that feel? No, it, it was, it, I can't explain it. Um, or this is also going to probably sound weird to you, but, um, I, I don't know how to say this. Like you just don't think of like, as, as a kid, I never had any doubt that I was never going to see him again. Yeah. Like I, I, I knew, I, I don't know how I knew. I just, like he was like, I'm gonna find you guys. Like you know, I'm gonna be there. Don't worry about it. And I just didn't. So then when he came, uh, you know, it was a little confusing because it was, you know, '96, '97. Like they, we certainly <laughs> didn't have cell phones, and I don't even think re, like you know, cell phones existed on that level. I think they were like, you know, the big heavy brick phones, right? Yeah, yeah. But th there was no, there was no way to to communicate. So you know, as as a teenager. Like I, I asked him that, like, so like, really, how did you really find it? So like, I really looked and he's like, you were the only family that was out on the street in the middle of the projects in East New York. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> so then he finally, you know, shows up and I'm starting like, you know, as a kid, I'm starting to feel like, Whew, okay, like things are going to be great now. And they kind of really weren't. <laughs> it took a really long time to, you know, to get back on our feet, you know, if you will. Mm -hmm. um, and during the process of getting back on your feet, um, it's also, uh, I, I had mentioned that to you, like uh, I got tossed out of school, um, out of three different schools because, uh, I, you know, I don't know about other states, but so in New York, like you have to raise your hand and ask for permission as, as a, you know, as a child, you have to raise your hand and ask for permission to go to the bathroom. I, I didn't, I didn't know how to do that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I couldn't, yeah, yeah. I couldn't say it. So, yeah. 
so I got tossed out for, for pointing to my private parts. Um, once I got tossed out for that, um, I kind of got the like, you know, the, the angry uh, facial expressions and the no, no, no to the, you know, to the private part. So I was like, all right, I, I can't do that anymore. I have to figure out a different act, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so the, the different act was like, all right, well, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to do that. So what I'm just going to do is I'm just going to get up and go. Yeah. And that didn't work out really well either. So I got tossed out of another school for that. Wow. So, I can't believe you got tossed out of schools for trying to go to the bathroom. That's nuts. Well, you know, how do I explain this? Dude, New York is a melting pot, right? Mm -hmm. um, it's got literally every nationality and every color and every creed under the sun. Same, same with Toronto, because I'm in Toronto and we're, we're like, a, I don't know, they, they do a lot of filming here um, no. for movies and TV shows. And they say it's New York in the show, but <laughs> filming in Toronto, the, the cities are very similar and we're, we're a melting pot too. So I, I feel that like I, I live it. And so, but when you're looking for something super specific, if you like Google it, right. Um, Croatia um, did my internet connection is unstable. Okay. Are you still there? Yeah, I'm still here. Okay. Um, so Croatia is, um, they did really well for, um, the last world cup, right. In soccer. Yep. And, um, I think they said something like, uh, 10 million Croatians across the, or 4 million Croatians across the entire planet. Dude, that's like nothing. Yeah. You know what I mean? So find someone in, in a school in the ghetto that can that can help you translate or that can help you like that can help you communicate it's like, yeah good luck <laughs> <laughs> you know what i mean so you know childhood was was brutal but um you know in that in that point um the way i learned how to speak english um and and you could probably tell like if you if you pay, pay really close attention like you could probably tell that there's like a little bit of an accent, but the way I learned it was this black kid used to kidnap me every day after school, <laughs> like legitimate uh, kidnapping. Yeah, like the first like ten twelve times he literally like like grabbed me up like physically like grabbed me up and dragged me with him to his house okay and so he was like broken and i was like i don't understand what's happening like why is this kid doing this like do i fight do i not fight like you know what i mean like everything is new and confusing and and different and and you don't know anything so and he used to literally like drag me to his house and and when we get there he would like make sandwiches it was called loser's lunch um later on um, it's, it's literally like bologna on hand. Um, so, so he would like give me bologna and then we would watch movies together. And like, he did this for probably like two years, every single day. And, and until I started like, hello, how are you? <laughs> you? You know what I mean? Like these little tiny phrases that, that I was like picking up from the movies, from watching movies and hanging out with him and his brother. Yeah. And so that's, that's how, you know, the whole English thing started. Um, that, that's crazy though, that he actually, 
you couldn't speak English, but he obviously wanted to be your friend because he brought you to his house and fed you and hung out with you. So <laughs> that's, that's kind of cool. That, I like, I like that. Dude, there's an unbelievable amount of, of heart um, and, and, and people who have heart in the hood, like in like the worst neighborhoods that you can imagine. There's an unbelievable amount of, um, I think empathy, you know? Uh -huh. yeah. And so that was, that was, uh, you know, that was like the beginning of me trying to learn how to read, write and speak English. That's nuts, man. So, I mean, that's, that's at how that's like mid teenager or like early teens. No, it was about, yeah, like, uh, 12, 13, 14. Um, so then high school finally hits, you know, your hormones are raging out of control. And then you decide to, you know, do stupid stuff. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. you know, you're like, you think you're untouchable. You think you're cool. Now you're rolling with, with, with you know, some of the gangsters. And, uh, you know, you end up getting yourself in a lot of trouble. <laughs> and so I did. Um, the point of this whole story, man, is, is that, so I did get myself in, in, in a whole bunch of, you know, stuff that I probably should had no business doing, but, um, you know, high school years were wasted on, on hanging out and, and not doing the right thing. Right. So there was no education. Um, there was no, you know, high school graduation and chemistry and, you know, science, there was none of that. Um, it was all just nonsense and stupidity and running away from, you know, New York city cops and things like that. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know good good times um and so you know now it's like okay young adult right like yeah 20 years old um i had a teacher in 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 high school and he um he taught auto mechanics and so i really 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 took to auto mechanics like i i, I liked engines of any kind it didn't matter whether it was like a bike or or a car or I just thought it was like the coolest thing. I thought, I don't know, there's something amazing about mechanics. Like it, it just, it works because this piece fits with this piece and that piece, it's like a puzzle. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Yeah. And that fascinated me. Like I, I thought it was amazing. And then sadly I was like, you know, I, I kind of realized really quickly, I was like, dude, this thing doesn't make any money. It's like, okay, cool. Like I can become a mechanic and then, change breaks for the rest of my life for $11 an hour. So I was like, all right, I'm not, you know, I, I'd like to have this as a hobby, but I can't do this for a living. What the hell do I do? So what, what do all, you know, disenfranchised dumb kids do? They go into construction, like, Hey, quick way to earn cash. Right. Mm -hmm. So you go and you start doing construction and then, um, you know, in New York anyway, it's like, dude, everyone in New York is a gangster. New York is nothing but gangsters, thugs, liars, like scammers. Like that's, that's all of New York. So as a young kid, you know, you're doing construction. Then on Friday, like, you know, Friday comes and you're like, yeah, I'm going to take this girl out. We're going to have a good time. And then the guy's like, oh yeah. So um, what had happened was the, um, the IRS froze my bank account. And um, the ink on the check isn't dry, so you can't get paid. And you're like, 
dude, wait, what? <laughs> but but I had plans, and it's like, yeah, man, sorry about that. So construction was was also really cool because you get to put stuff together uh, anyway to me, right? Yeah. But then, you know, there was the whole gangster part of it, which, like, you rarely get paid. So it's like, oh, all right, this is terrible. So then you start hearing about, like, union, right? And you're like, oh, dude, there's, like, electricians, and they, they're unionized, and there's plumbers, and they're unionized. And so I guess from, like, the early 20s, right, to the late 20s, I kind of spent hearing these marvelous stories of unbelievable wealth, you know, through being a trades guy. But any time that you ask one of the trades guys, like, hey, man, so how do I get in? It's like, oh, well, you need, you know, seven years of experience. Yeah, yeah that's cool. So, so how about you give me some? Oh, no, that's not how it works, man. You, you know, you got to start as an apprentice and, and you're like, okay, cool. So I'll start as an apprentice. Like, right, who's going to hire me? Like, you need like two years of experience. Yeah, but but I, no, no help. Yeah, <laughs> Hello? yeah. How, how do you how do you get experience without getting a job? <laughs> right, like and yeah. so, dude, it's it's, you know, I don't know about other trades, right? But I I was stonewalled on literally everything. Like when I tell you everything, like electrician, stonewalled, plumber, stonewalled, uh, carpenter, stonewalled, like just the answer is always yeah but you knew you, you do need some experience like yeah but I, I can't get any experience because everyone keeps telling me that they need experience so fast forward literally to like 30 12 29 years old right I get a job in the city but I'm a toilet cleaner so it's a very um very strange um you know dynamic where for some reason or another, like these people are essentially just tripping each other up, right? Like, oh, I saw this guy picking his nose and eating his boogers. Oh, I saw this guy doing this and I saw this guy doing that. But there's a group of guys that I see in the morning time and they're like hugging and kissing and drinking coffee and smiles. And, and I'm like, well, what? like, what's the difference? What do these guys do? So I spent almost a year trying to figure out who these guys were and it turns out they were just uh they were operating engineers so they're operating engineers and i'm like dude what is that like what what do these people do um so you know get get into the the, the meat and potato of things right dude i don't know how to do anything like nothing i i don't know how to use a multimeter i don't know what a multimeter does okay um, I, I damn sure have no clue. Like when I asked them, what do, what do you guys do? They're like, well, we fix chillers. And I was like, well, what, what the hell's that? So they're like, oh, okay. So, all right. You know how you have like, you know, ACs like at home. I'm like, yeah. They're like, well, it's like a big AC. And I'm like, right. But it's not on the window. They're like, yeah, no, dude, it's not on the window. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, so where is it? They're like, well, it's in the basement. I'm like, yeah, but that doesn't make any sense. Like, why would the cold air be in the basement? But um, so I'm like, you know, why, how come these guys are so happy? And, and, and like, they're always like, you know, really tight knit. 
Um, they don't talk to anyone outside their circle, but they're, they're genuinely like happy about life. Like, you know, when you just feel like positive vibes and you're like, dude, I want that too. Like, can I, can I do this too? Can I be with you? Can I be one of you? Um, so, you know, one of them after literally after about a year, like one of them was like, Hey, listen, there's this school. Um, it's called Turner school, um, here in, you know, in Manhattan. Um, he's like, why don't you go there and it'll at least prepare you for your chiller license. Um, when you come out of that school, like you're not going to know anything, but at least you'll be able to kind of have a general concept of, you know, of what this is. So um, I was like, yeah, that sounds really cool. Dude, did nothing about it. Like just petrified. And, and this is my point. Um, I quickly realized talking to these guys, I quickly realized that our trade is not um, like you, you have to know stuff about stuff in order to be in our trade. Yeah. You can't, you cannot be absolutely clueless on, on everything and then be in our trade. And that is wildly intimidating. Um, I know Jamie, you know, I keep going back to Jamie, but I know Jamie has said this, like, when, when he first got in a truck, it's like, how intimidating is it? Like, like crap, your pants intimidating, literally oh, yeah. as a yep. grown man. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I was that way too, man. I was, I was, I would come home every day exhausted just because the mental strain that it would put on me, like the not knowing what I'm doing, um, being scared yeah. to, to get yelled at, being, um, being scared to, attempt to do something in front of like a senior tech and the way he'd think of me or look at me or whatever it was it was very draining so i'd come home first two three years of my my apprenticeship man i came home and i was just i was beat up like i was beat up emotionally i was beat up mentally it, it was tough um and and you know that's that's another uh, you know thing again it's not to to discourage people it, it it's a really tough trade um, there's days that you come home and you feel high. Like you feel like you did an eight bowl of Coke cause you just totally crushed it. Or anyway, I do. I don't know if other people get this, but like, I feel like, yeah, I'm the man. Like I so know everything there is to know. I am an HVAC guy. And then the very next day you get like a call and you're like, holy wow, like, um, I, I should probably be wearing a helmet and a bib <laughs> because that's all I'm good for. Like what I don't understand. And it, and it defeats you so, so far that, that you're just like, should I even do this? Like, should I continue doing this? Like, am, am I capable mentally of grasping this concept? And so it, it's, it's a, this is, this is why, um, I fell in love with the trade, um, you know, other than the fact that it's obviously wildly like lucrative. Um, there's, there's also, this is my, my entire point. I know like this is a really drawn out, um, you know, thing, but my point is this trade offers you, first of all, so many subjects, so many ways to earn money, um, controls, 
um, installations, uh, service, um, factory, non-factory, union, non-union. I mean, anything is is a possibility in this trade. So if you if you feel like like you know you don't understand electrical and 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 you don't understand what an you know ohm is, um, that's cool. There's there's definitely uh, a, another side of this business that you won't have to use a multimeter ever. You know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. I, if, I do know what you mean. There's, there's different avenues you can take. <laughs> We've talked about this with different people on the podcast. Like I mean, once you get good at your job, you can you can go. Uh, Anywhere, you man, you, yeah, you, you can manage, sales. you can own, you can be a salesperson, like you can do tons Absolutely. of stuff. Yeah. So, my whole entire reason why I initially messaged you, um, what I really want to tell people, dude, nobody was born knowing anything. You're born and you have a blank slate, and and if you are nervous or scared or 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 any of that stuff. All I'm going to say is the, the way I got into this was, dude, these people do not have superpowers that I don't have. They don't, they're not like X-Men. They don't possess special super. They, if you can learn it, I can learn it. And if I can learn it, and, and I mean like, you know, 30 years old, totally switching a completely different career that is a billion times more challenging than just construction right or, or just being a painter or whatever um you can do it too and 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 what i really just want to tell people is don't be afraid of the unknown dude that's the fun part the unknown is 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 what's what's the most amazing thing it's not always going to be great you know unknown is is unknown it might be awesome and it might really suck tremendously, but that's the fun part. You get to find out whether it's going to be awesome or it's going to suck tremendously. You know what I mean? I, so that's, that's I, what I want to tell I, the kids, you know, I do tremendously. know. I mean, that's, I tell people all the time to step out of their comfort zone. Don't get caught up in your comfort zone because that's when you stop learning and, and get stale. Right. But you said that you've only been in the trade for like three years now and, and you learned it just kind of not no, knowing. No? no, absolutely. No, not even okay. three years. I okay. started um, September, oh God, September, I think like 17th, 2018. I actually got, uh, I don't know how to say it. Like I actually physically got on the field. Um, before that, I did um, uh, 12 months of that school, um, in which pretty much all the school ever talked about was was just recips and 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 chillers. Like there was no there was no um, air side to it at all. They they essentially just like one of the chapters was like, yeah, there's like also air cooled units done, and that was it. And everything else was okay. So this is how a chiller works. This is a king valve. This is um, you know slide valve. Blah blah blah. Like it was all focused on chillers because it was trying to. I think what the school is, is like a preparatory school for, um, in, in New York City, you have to have a chiller license in order to be able to touch large tonnage machines. Right? All right. So that's all that the school does. Like it just kind of preps you for those questions 
which um, FDNY gives out. And so that's it. So I did that for, uh, it was like 12 months. And um, after I was done with that, um, luckily I, I, I kind of applied to literally everyone. And the way I got into um, Daikin, um, I, I was on the phone with like, you know, I don't know, Gary's HVAC Emporium, right? And <laughs> like literally, <clears throat> because I went online and I just, I went absolutely like bad. So that, that, so that when you say literally, that's what the company was called? Gary's HVAC Emporium? No, it wasn't. It, I can't remember what the name, but it was like one of those really terrible, you know, like naming mom and pop shops. So it's like, you know, Gary's HVAC Emporium. It's like, dude, you couldn't come up with nothing else. It's like, nah, that's it. I just, you know, took the lazy route. So I'm sitting there and I'm talking to the guy and, um, and, and I get another phone call um i this was like right before the scamming thing became super popular right so i i switched the thing and uh the guy that was at dyke he's like hey so um you're starting monday right and i'm like who the hell is this and he's like well this is uh you know so and so with daikin and i'm like dude what the hell's a daikin with you and he's <laughs> like what i'm like i i i have no idea who you are man He's like, well, did you apply for, for like an H, like HVAC? And I was like, yeah, yeah, well, listen, I applied for every HVAC job that ever existed in New York City. So I, I have no idea who you are. He's like, well, I, I was told that you already did the interview and everything. I'm like, no. He's like, well, do you have a problem, you know, taking a drug test? I said, no, nah, I could do that today. He's like, all right, can you get it done today? I said, yeah, sure. And that's how the whole thing started. So what do you guys think of that? Pretty incredible, right? Pretty incredible to go from a child seeing what he saw. I mean, who would want to see that? Who could get past that? I mean, you have to have strength within. What I take from that is that Neville gets his strength from his father because his father has a sense of not give up in him because he escaped the country and he came over to the US and did not stop till he found his family. That is what you call dedication. That is what you call strength. And that's, in my opinion, where Neville gets it from, his father, for going through all that and finding his family and reuniting himself with his family. That That's an incredible story, guys. That, you're probably not going to hear too often. So I'm glad you tuned in and I'm glad you listened. And thank you, Neville, for telling it, for having the bravery to tell it. Completely awesome stuff. Anyway, guys, I'm out. Happy HVAC.